0: What's going on? Rob Cisterna here. And can you believe it, Josh Wiggler? It is day seven. We've made it. The Road to Westeros. We are finished with the Road to Westeros. We've made it. We've made it. We've talked about all of the major storylines in season six of Game of Thrones here on the Road to Westeros podcast. So now it's time to talk about
1: the Danny DeVito of storylines left. The crap left over, as they say in Twins.
0: Yes. It's not
1: crap. I don't mean to be offensive.
0: That's the stuff that didn't fit into any of these little boxes. Right, right, right. It's catch-all time. Catch-all time. Catch-all time. That's what we're here to do. Quick hits. Your final stop here on the road to Westeros as we get ready for Sunday night's premiere of Game of Thrones. Season six, Josh Wiggler. Very, very exciting.
1: Very exciting. You and I have already seen this. Again, we are recording this the day before we go see yeah. the season six premiere. Did we like it? What's your prediction? I, I we loved, we it. loved it. We loved it. We loved it. it. Okay.
0: Well, inside baseball. Yeah. Okay, so this is the seventh straight podcast uh-huh. that Josh and I have recorded. We've been uh, sitting in this room in my studio. Yeah, not to bust the illusion that we were actually physically walking <laughs> a road
1: in we're Westeros. Pulling back the curtain yes. just for a second here. <laughs> like Dokes once said,
0: surprise bleach. <laughs> <laughs> so we have done seven podcasts in a row. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you could tell as they've become uh, progressively loopier. Mm-hmm. But I here we tell. are. <laughs> here we are. I could tell. And today is that last stop where we're going to talk about a few different places that we haven't touched on yet.
1: We have not touched on a few places. There's a few storylines that are out there in the offing that deserve some conversation some of these things will be bigger deals than the other uh the other stories and some of them will probably be fairly minor but let's just let's just
0: get it all done let's just make sure that we've covered all of our bases here. okay if for some reason you have hesitated in subscribing to this podcast for these last six days if you're saying well i'm gonna make you guys earn it all right here we are this won't be the one (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We said we would do seven straight days of podcasts here for Game of Thrones. Here is the seventh. We have our premiere recap coming up on Sunday night. Yeah. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. You might forget to listen if you don't subscribe. So go ahead. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash GOT iTunes. And that's the way to subscribe or search for postshow recaps Game of Thrones in your favorite podcast. All right, Josh. So where do you want to begin here in this catch-all?
1: Well... There's a lot of places we could possibly begin. I think what would be cool is if we started talking about something that's not quite a new storyline that seems to be on the way for season six, but a re-energized old storyline. It's like, you know, it's it's one of those storylines we didn't really think would make any sort of impact ever again. Mm-hmm. But it seems like we will be reaping what we sow in season six and uh, House Greyjoy might be a decent deal.
0: Yeah. Now, this is stuff that is material that is from the books that just was not adapted for right. season five. No, it has not made its way onto
1: the show yet. There is, you know, as we have said before, the show is past the books for the most part story wise. There are a few little things in the books that have not hit the show yet at all, that seem like they will be on the show this season, the Greyjoys being one of them. The Greyjoys are a big deal in book four, a Feast for Crows, which I believe is the book that you are on currently, Rob. Right, I'm about halfway through halfway that. Halfway through that one, and some interesting things, I guess interesting in quotes because not everyone thinks that they're interesting, but it has to be important enough that it's going to be on the show unless like it's just like, well, we need some screen time to use, let's throw the Greyjoys back into the mix. But the Greyjoys in the books are, it seems, a little bit out of left field. But it seems like they are also positioned for some potentially big deal plot points in the story of Game of Thrones and the story of Ice and Fire. And I think the fact that we're seeing them on this season should be a sign that, yeah, they might be a big deal, might be major players.
0: Okay, and to me, I really don't know uh, where all of this is going because, as I mentioned a few days ago, on this podcast where it's like, I definitely, okay. I feel like I get where Danny's places in yeah. the story. I get John snow. I get the white walkers. I felt like, you know, the King's landing stuff is fun. I don't really know where that's going, how that factors in. I really, I could not tell you how the Greyjoy saga is going to factor into any of this. Hard to say why it matters. <laughs> Hard
1: to say. Do we have a voicemail about the Greyjoys?
0: I believe we do. Let's cue that up. Hi, Josh and Rob. I was wondering your thoughts
1: on the Greyjoys possibly rejoining this season and what impact Theon's sister or uncles may have that
0: some fans who don't read the books may not expect. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks a lot.
1: So I think to talk it through a little bit, it's good to kind of do a refresher on where things stand with House Greyjoy because we really haven't checked in with them for a while. Uh, Theon's sister, Yara... Uh, she is a badass, she tried to save Theon after Theon was captured by Reek, uh, Mm -hmm. or captured by Ramsay, rather. Uh, He was in full Reek mode at the time, did not want to be saved. Right. Said goodbye. uh, Right. Stay away. Um, In the books, that happens around the time that we are at here on the show. The Greyjoy effort to rescue Theon actually coincides with the Baratheons positioning themselves against the Bolton. So there's a little bit of crossover there. That's obviously not the case here on the show. Maybe they will still have an eye at House Bolton because of what they did to Theon. They are certainly well aware of uh, what Ramsay did to Theon's nether regions. Mm-hmm. That was a quote-unquote gift that they received at the end of season three. I don't think that they were psyched about that, but they had decided at the time, we're not going to do anything about that. So um, that's, you know, that's one possibility. The other possibility is some some family members that we have not met. In the Greyjoy clan that should be appearing here, there's one character in specific played by an actor named Pilo Asback, Pilo Astaboreback, who is going to be playing a character named Euron Greyjoy. Euron Crows Eye is his nickname, and he has uh, an eye patch, and he's kind of like a pirate type. Ooh, yeah, he's sort of this, you know, interesting, sort of sinister, mysterious, enigmatic Greyjoy who has been missing. From the Iron Islands for a very long time. And he shows up at an interesting moment in Greyjoy family history, uh, very much an opportunistic character. That I think, uh, you know, if you think about the ambition that we've seen from the Greyjoys in the past, the Iron Islands, you know, they rebelled once upon a time. They were trying to, uh, you know, grab some power for themselves. It didn't work out very well. Ned Stark basically crushed that. Uh, rebellion then we also saw on the show we saw Theon who was trying to conquer Winterfell for the Greyjoys we saw all of that so we know that they're an ambitious family I think that Euron Greyjoy potentially marries that ambition with actual talent
0: okay uh, so he might be a threat to be reckoned with now last season where we had Jamie go to Dorne you know we had introductions to a lot of new characters, but at least we had somebody from the main cast involved in that story. Yeah. And it wasn't just its own thing happening at the same time as the other action, the stuff that we have become accustomed to on the show. Are any of the characters that we know from the story going to be involved with the Greyjoy saga? Or are they just having their own completely self-contained story over in the Iron Islands. Well, if you rewind back to day two
1: of the road to Westeros, and we were talking about where could Theon go? Mm -hmm. Why couldn't Theon go back to the Iron Islands? Why can't Theon be our eyes and ears in that story? Is there any way that you see that Theon could make it back to the Iron Islands, and he is our guy that is kind of bringing House Greyjoy back into the mix? That's
0: interesting. And would Sansa go with him? No.
1: No chance? No chance? Any of the
0: places I feel like she's only, she's slightly better in the Iron Islands Uh, than she is back with the Boltons. They don't love the Starks. Right. They're
1: They're not huge fans of the Starks and they would only look at Sansa as, at best, a bargaining chip.
0: Okay. So if that's the case, you see them splitting up. Like if we have the scenario where if Sansa runs into Brienne and then Theon is like, ah, I'm just going to go back to the Iron Islands. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? He's like, eh, I don't think so.
1: Okay. Not into the Brienne thing. The thing that kind of, you know, you you brought up Dorne and like it was really exciting. The possibility of Dorne being on the show because there is some cool stuff that happens in the Dorne story in the books really didn't translate great to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope that the Greyjoy stuff translates better. But going into season five, I was really hopped up on how cool the Dorne stuff might be. I'm tempered
0: with the Greyjoy stuff. <laughs> I need to be sold on the Greyjoy stuff, but it's going to be a thing this season. All right. Well, speaking of Dorne. Why don't we get another voicemail? Let's bring in Kurt Connor.
1: Hey, Rob and Josh. I have a question about Dorn. A lot of people were disappointed with how the Dorn storyline went last season. Do you think it would be a good idea for the show to stay there and try to make something good out of it? Or should they just abandon the region entirely this season? What are you hoping for? Thanks. I thought that question
0: was going to come from West Dorn. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> So, different listener. All right. So, Josh, uh, what do you think about the Dorne storyline? Do you think that they can fix it or should they avoid it?
1: I mean, I don't know that they can avoid it given what happened. Like, the fact that Dorne, and it wasn't Doran Martell himself who gave the order. In fact, he's going to be pissed when he finds out what happened to Marcella Baratheon, what, uh, you know, what Alaria Sand did. But the fact that Alaria Sand killed the princess of King's Landing, of the Seven Kingdoms, uh, that she, you know, poisoned her to death. That is an act of outright war. Not cool. Not cool. Not cool. And you got to imagine that that's going to get answered. Uh, Blood with blood, you know, fire with fire, all that stuff. I feel like Dorne has to be back on the show. Maybe not in like a huge capacity. They could potentially only show up just like to get destroyed by Mm -hmm. the Lannisters. That could happen. Uh, But you can't imagine that they're completely abandoning Dorne this season. How many
0: different fronts can the Lannisters be fighting a war on? I know. It's a lot. (laughs) Right. And so do we need to see anything from the perspective of Dorne? I certainly get why we need to see from the perspective of Cersei and the Lannisters what happened. But do we need to see a lot of what's going on there back in Dorne without any of our principal characters there?
1: I really don't love those characters Mm -hmm. You know, on their own, I really am kind of bored with them. I think the Sand Snakes, they really were a whiff. Uh, I really wanted them to be so much better than they were. And if we are really... I thought you said they were awesome. I know I did, and I was wrong. I was wrong. I was so wrong. Uh, I feel like just to have stories that are completely devoted to them feels like we don't need it. Mm -hmm. We don't need to go there unless it's just set up for them getting, you know, smashed. Um, but I think that some sort of comeuppance, a reckoning, uh, is is due for them for what they did to Marcella. So I think they have to be on the show. But maybe they could get Brand Starked. You know, maybe they could be sidelined for a season.
0: Okay. I don't think they're getting sidelined for a season. Yeah, I think they're. I think they're here. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking on IMDb for uh, season six. I'm seeing a lot of sands.
1: Yeah. Well, you know that IMDb. He can always rely on every single thing it tells you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know that's gospel. <laughs> all right. Speaking of Dorne, I mean, this is a character who stems from Dorne. Bron. We haven't talked about Bron at all here. Bron of the Blackwater. Hmm. Braun was Bron was like the bright shining spot of an otherwise really funky Dorne storyline. I'm excited to see Braun back on the show, but I just have no idea what they're going to do with him this year.
0: Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him either. Does he just continue his Bron mance with Jamie? Yeah, he could continue his Braun mance with Jamie,
1: or you know, does he catch wind of like his old buddy Tyrion is in Mirene and he's like pulling some strings back there? He's like, oh, let me go see what he's up to. That's
0: a long. It's a long hike. schlep.
1: It's a schlep. Yeah. It's a schlep. Having just done the schlep yeah. ourselves. Yeah, that's a schlep. Uh yeah. So that would be a schlep, but it'd be great to have Braun, Jorah, and Dario on the same spot, like these, you know, three kind of sellsword types of people. He's
0: gonna join the quest for yeah, Danny. Why not?
1: Yeah, he shows up and Tyrion's like, hey, uh, there's some people that you might really get along with
0: or not, but they're like sort of similar types. Yeah. So we'll see what he has to do and uh where he factors into which one of Cersei's battles does she wanna get involved with. Then also, we haven't spent a lot of time on your favorite Game of Thrones character. My number one. And his boo. Yeah. That would be Sam and Gilly. Yeah, DJ Sammy
1: Slayer. uh, They are, you know... I thought Hodor was the DJ. No. (laughs) Yeah, in real life. Oh. Yeah. Uh, He's too expensive to get for the Throners, so Mm -hmm. we've settled for DJ Sammy. Yeah, maybe they are off recording an album this year. Yeah. That could be what they're up to. But good on Samwell Tarly. That is a man who knows timing. Uh, Because he left the wall... Just as, you know, the the fit was hitting the Shan over there. Yeah. If he's around for that insurrection against Jon Snow, Samuel Tarly is a dead man. Probably. He's not surviving that. He's probably killed before they make the move on Jon. You know, just in case, like, if they, you know, left him alive, could he warn Jon somehow? He's going to be trouble after Jon's dead. I feel like he's toast. So, very good thing. He left the wall, for those who don't recall. Him and Gilly, they left to go south so that he could go... Study to become a maester. Maester Tarly is something that might be in the works here. He is traveling south. He is going to go to this place called Old Town, which, as described, is an old town. Old town. That's weird. Yeah, it's an old town. Uh, what did
0: they call it when it was first started? A young town. Oh,
1: is yeah. there a college there? No, but it is a close cousin of young Kai. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Young Kai is a fraternity that you can pledge at Youngtown College. Yeah. The Citadel is uh is the place where you learn stuff. The Citadel is this, you know, really large structure, a Citadel, if you will. Uh it is really complicated. It would be really cool to see visually on the show. I hope that we get to see it this season since Sam is going to be training there. But this is where maesters learn how to do their maester thing. Mm-hmm. Um so Sam is going there. He's gonna be off the chain. He might be off the chain. I believe that's also the name of his upcoming record. <laughs> yeah, DJ Slammy Slayer off the chain. Uh, so he is going to go to Old Town and learn. All of that. So that's what we're doing with Sam? He's going to school? He's going to school, but what's interesting is his school is very close by to his father's place. Yeah, so it's like if you went to Hofstra. Right, because <laughs> I'm a Long Islander. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. it'd be like if I went to Hofstra or like Stony Brook and I would still like see my family a lot.
0: Yeah, but your family told you get the hell off yeah, Long Island. Yeah, get out of Long Island. Don't and, come back. And go to Syracuse. Go join the army. <laughs> yeah. Go to Syracuse
1: <laughs> and freeze your butt off and never come back. <laughs> Uh oh, flashbacks. <laughs> um but yeah, so he's going to he's going to Old Town, he's gonna to train at the Citadel, and his father, Randall Tarley, who we have not seen on the show, and I'm blanking on the name of the actor who's playing him but James Faulkner. James Faulkner, okay. Well there you go. From IMDB, so I don't know if we can Okay, We don't it. know if we can trust it. We don't know if we can trust it. James Faulkner. Uh playing Randall Tarley, who we haven't seen on the show, but we've heard about Randall. What do you remember about Randall?
0: Uh he was a real douche. Yes. And uh, that he I believe he has two sons. Uh, Sam, I believe is the oldest, yeah. and he really wanted Sam to take over. The, you know, the Tarleys are part of the uh, Tyrell stronghold yeah. down in uh, the Reach, mm. and uh, they're you know a big deal down there. And he's like a big, like uh, battle hardened guy, right. And he really wanted a Sam, man's man, right? Really wanted Sam to sort of uh, step into the family business. Uh, but Sam, as we all know, very craven. Uh, and then he had a younger brother. And then when the younger brother is like a chip off the old block. Right. So then it really turned into where, you know, that uh, Mr. Tarley, Randy Tarly, mm-hmm. uh, that he did not care for uh, Sam anymore. He felt like, all right, I have an heir. So what do I need with this guy? Yeah. We tried to get
1: Randy Tarley on the podcast, uh, but when we called, he just hung up. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. He was very, very abrupt with us. Yeah. He um, said, uh, what the Faulkner? now?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> stop calling me. Yeah, WTF. Uh so he he is a he is a piece of work and you know he did like he had this moment with Sam where he's like go to the wall or I will kill you. Not really a great thing to say to your child. Right. So this is the type of person that we're dealing with and Sam was a type of person who in that moment was like all right, I guess I'm going to the wall cuz he wants to live and he's afraid of his father, but the Sam we know now, the Sam who has been through an assault on the wall. The Sam who has killed a white walker. The Sam who became Sam the Slayer.
0: How is he going to measure up against your old dad? Well, you know that he's got a lot of things going on. And, you know, it's sort of like the weird thing about all of our relationships where, you know, dad was a total douche to Sam. Mm, and yeah. then Sam comes back. And and if he's like, hey, look at this guy. Uh, he's a tough guy. Uh-huh. He's got a girlfriend. I did that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was all me. I I sent him away. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like he's still going to be like, hey, you get out of here. You you know, you don't have any claim to any of our lands. We got rid of you a long time ago. Right. So I feel like he'll still be uh, generally pretty uh, not loving Sam.
1: I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out.
0: I hope it's going to be interesting. I hope
1: that that story bears fruit. I think that the Citadel um, is a place that's mostly unknown on the show in terms of what it could possibly mean for the show. But there are some. There's some stuff out there. There's some theories on how Old Town fits into the bigger picture. And the fact that it's going to be on the show suggests that some of that stuff might be really cool. So don't be... If the Sam story goes slow, hold out some optimism. I think that it could be building to a cool spot. All right. One more thing. Yes. White Walkers. Right. Uh, We haven't really talked about them in terms of a story, the White Walker story. We have started to see more and more of them since season four. At the end of Oathkeeper, we see one of Crasser's kids get turned into a white by the Night's King. In season five, in Hard Home, we see that huge, huge attack at Hard Home led by the White Walkers. We see the Night's King again. How much do you think the White Walkers are going to have a story this season? And how much do you think that the Night's King is going to be an active character in things as opposed to just sort of this really terrifying looking threat?
0: I don't see him as much of a character. You don't see this as a season where that becomes like a true individual story. I don't. doesn't mean that it's not the case, but I feel like that it's not going to be something. I just don't know what that would look like. Did you know that the Night's King killed
1: Batman's parents? No. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, He is played by actor Richard Brake, who is the guy who played Joe Chill in Batman Begins, who shot uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne in Crime Alley. And not Mr. Freeze? No. That would have been better casting.
0: Yeah, they could have got Schwarzenegger.
1: They could have gotten Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger is the Night's King? Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Schwartz a White Walker. I think that'd be amazing. Chill out. (laughs) Chill out. All right, Josh. We're We're here. We're here. Road to Westeros. Complete. Seven days, seven podcasts. And boy, are my legs tired. Yes. The only thing left to do now is for everybody else to watch the premiere. Yeah. And then we're all on the same page. And then we'll all be talking about it live after the episode Sunday night on April 24th. Very excited, Josh. Very exciting stuff. It's
1: going to be really great. We'll have the live show. We'll have the feedback show later in the week. We'll have the
0: Game of Thrones book club with Terry Schwartz. We're back in business. All right. Here we go. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash GOT iTunes. Make sure you subscribe and ready to go to our Game of Thrones podcast feed. Josh, what is the hashtag today? Uh, we've got Bronmance. Mance. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got Youngtown. <laughs> I like that. I yeah. like Youngtown. Youngtown. I think Youngtown is good. I was yeah. born in a Youngtown.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, having just done this marathon podcasting, I feel like you and I just rushed Young Kai. Yes. <laughs> like
0: yes. We pledged Young Kai. We pledged Young Kai. Yeah. We are in... Uh, We are we've got the uh, grayscale coursing through our veins. Young Kai Crow, Young Kai Crow. Yeah, Yeah, so we are ready to go. All right, Josh. uh, Anything else? No, that's it. We are in Game of Thrones mode, and I'm so pumped up. All right, Josh is ready to go. He is at Round Howard on Twitter. He's got the podcast. He's got all of the articles yeah. and interviews that he's doing for the Hollywood Reporter. Don't miss any of those. Check them out. We will be back with Game of Thrones book club, Game of Thrones recaps, Game of Thrones voicemail show. Game
1: of Thrones everything.
0: Yes. So a lot of stuff coming up. It's Game of Thrones season. Yeah. Just about now. It's happened. It's happened. We're here. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening and joining us on this journey to Westeros here on the Road to Westeros podcast. For more, visit us on our website at postshowrecaps.com. Take care, everybody.